Hey, it's John. You want to look and feel your very best? Visit the team at Cool Contours. They are the number one cool sculpting provider in Virginia. Their award-winning team of certified cool sculpting elite and cool tone specialists work with you to create a fully customized treatment plan to achieve your dream body. Learn more at cool-contours.com. That's cool-contours.com. As ranked by Allergen in June 2021, cool sculpting leaves FDA clear to revisible fat bulges in nine areas of the body. Some common side effects include temporary numbness, discomfort, and swelling. Welcome to the Coco Express Network. Talk radio that informs. Talk radio that inspires. Talk radio that enlightens. Talk radio for us all. Good evening, good evening, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Cocoa Express Show Network. I'm back. It's Aurelia, and I'm back with you again to have another interesting show. I have to tell you that you hear me say that I am just so excited each and every time I do the show, and I am so excited about my guests, but I really love what I do. So each time I get a guest on the show, they inspire me to want to know more, to want to do more, to want to be better. And our guest this evening is a woman who has had such an amazing life. I mean, she was a supermodel. She was able to do something that not a lot of young ladies are able to do. She graced the pages of many high fashion magazines. She's been a runway model. She has been on TV. She's done television. She's done commercial ads. She's just been a renaissance woman when it comes to displaying her beauty in a very, very tasteful and elegant manner. But what does it take to get to that point? What did it take for her? How did her journey begin? We always see the end result of the things that we view, but what we don't know was what it took to get to where that began. With us today is Maria McDonald, and she, I have been a fan of hers for a very long time. I mean, I have always admired people who are able to just display their beauty in such an elegant manner. And I have the pleasure, really the honor, of having her on the show today. And she's going to tell us about her journey and the things that she's involved in today. So please, please allow me the opportunity to bring to you Ms. Maria McDonald. Much. What an introduction. Okay. Well, it is a well deserved. Hope... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So I just wanted to say hi to all your guests, and you are so lucky to have someone like this and a platform to share information and nuggets because it's very rare. I did another uh, interview, and I was just saying to get information and how to make steps in your life is very, very rare. And one of the uh, um, one of the examples I use is you see Instagram stars, and you see Rihanna, and different people who are really, really big celebrities. And the reason this platform and podcast is so important and valuable, it's golden, is because 
If you were to get access to Rihanna and you said, please tell me how to start my life, please tell me how to do what you do, 99.9, she's not going to tell you. So that's the interesting thing about these kind of opportunities for you to get access to different people to be able to share with you the journey. So what I'll do is start me off with some questions, and we'll take it from there. Yes. That's to the audience and also to you, so why don't you start me off, and then I'll go into my story. Okay, great. Now, we, I, we all know you as a high fashion model, but when did you begin your journey? When did your love for fashion begin, and how did it begin? Okay, well, first of all, a lot of people don't know, even though I had a long career, that I was a teenage mother. So I was uh, pregnant at 15, gave birth at 16, and kicked out the house. So I I come from a family of five, four girls and one boy. Oh, I have a half-sister, too, so I would make five girls and one boy. And so my oldest sister, Paula, I went over to her house, and... Being over there, so many times, like everybody else, I look at magazines, like, how do they do that? I'm born in Las Vegas, Nevada. So there's very few people in any industry that you'll see from there. Um, One other girl on Oprah's own network, what is it called, Brown uh, Sugar? I forgot the Mm -hmm. name of the show, but she's from Vegas as well, one of the actresses. Queen Sugar, yeah. Yeah, the Afrocentric-looking girl is from Vegas as well. I know her dad. I went to school with him, elementary school. So very few people from Vegas are even recognized in any industry. So reading the magazines, I was like, okay, how do these people do it? I went to the library, and I read, and I found out that they had agents, and they were in uh, New York and California and Europe. So in doing all of that, how was I going to get to from where I was in Las Vegas to where I wanted to go with a baby on my hip? Right? So I did the research and planned diligently and was willing to do whatever it took to make it, not accepting no as an answer. So I was over my older sister's house. I had different sisters to watch my son. I went to Los Angeles. That was my first stop because I read about this lady named uh, Nina Blanchard, who was the West Coast representative of all the top people, top cover girls. And I went there and just sat in the office. I didn't know the protocol. So they looked at me after two hours and said, why are you here? I just said, I want to be a model. They said, no, we don't see people today. You have to come on Wednesday between this time and that time. So I had to drive back to Las Vegas, which is like 500 miles. I drove 500 miles to get there, borrowed a car, drove 500 miles to get back. Came back again on a Wednesday. So when I was there that time, the office was packed with all these uh, potential models and stuff. And I was just hoping the lady that told me, you know, who I thought was mean, who said they didn't see on that day, I was hoping that during the interview, because different people were seeing people one by one, that I didn't get hurt. Well, of course I did. She said, I have a hunch about you. Talk to Nina. I talked to Nina Blanchard, and she said, I have my quota of black girls, and they're working. So she didn't really need me. Mm -hmm. And then she said, I have a hunch about you, so come back in two weeks. I have to get in the car again, drive back to Las Vegas, and I'll come back in two weeks, which is what I do. I come back in two weeks, and she said, I want you to meet Nina Blanchard. I mean, not Nina Blanchard, I mean Ford from New York. She had come in. I met with her. 
And I went in the office, and she just stayed on the phone, kind of like, you know, just did whatever she was doing like I had walked in there. And this is the process, though. You know, this is a journey, or my journey. And uh, after she finished her call, she hung it up and just said, okay, how can I help you? I said, well, Nina told me to see you. I want to be a model, whatever. She asked me to have a picture, and I had a really bad picture, just one. And I gave it to her. She said, so you're from Las Vegas? I said, yeah. She said, good. Go back there. So I thanked her for the, her time and stood up and walked to the elevator. And as I was going to the elevator to leave again, her husband came out and said, she, this girl's going to work. So they, uh, she got excited. Nina Blanchard signed me that day and said, get her ready for New York. Uh, Nina said, move to, to Los Angeles. So I had to ask my sisters to keep my son. I didn't know where I would live. So I did couch uh, d- tours, you know, where you go from house to house and sleep with wherever you can. And um, I moved to Los Angeles, and there was no phone calls. But I was walking around. I remember seeing a girl named Von Gretchen Shepard, who I'd seen in Ebony uh, Magazine and different kind of ads and stuff. Her sister was Kiki Shepard, who used to host the Apollo. They were different people. Anyway, I asked her, how do you get work? And she said, you have to get your own work, ask them for their client list, and make all the phone calls. I did that. My breakthrough came. I called a photographer named Claude Mijan. He said, get here in 15 minutes. I got there. And um, he said, better than just doing pictures to build a portfolio, I'll actually book you. And it just so happened, the booking that he put me on in Los Angeles, I was the only girl from the West Coast. Everybody was flown in. All my, my dream models were flown in. So I worked with them, didn't know how to model. I was stepping on their feet doing jump shots. It was terrible. And he, he called my agent and said he was booking me. And at the end of the booking, uh, he said to me, I thought you said you were with Nina Blanchard. And I said, yeah, I am. He said, I called to book you, and they said they didn't remember you. So he gave me the booking anyway. I did it, and that was actually my breakthrough. So in Los Angeles, I knew how to make phone calls. I got my first commercial, McDonald's commercial, which is my last name. I got uh, all kind of ads, Max Factor. Uh, I did everything. And then within nine months, I had an incredible working portfolio. I went to Nina Blanchard and said, can I go to New York? They picked up the phone and called Eileen Ford and asked if she remember me, and she said no. But you can have her come, have her here. That was a Friday. Come to New York and be here by Monday. That weekend was my son's birthday, and he was five. So I went, he was turning five or turning two, four, three, or whatever. I can't remember. Anyway, I had to, again, leave him in Las Vegas, come to New York, not knowing what was going to happen, walked into the office that Monday morning in April, and it was raining in New York. And uh, after I saw her, she, she said, okay, great. What I'll do is we'll start sending you around. I started going on appointments the following day, 10 a, 10 a day. And then I got a first booking. It was with Christy Brinkley. I didn't think I was doing well because there was a big gap. You know, I didn't work every day. I'm like, oh, you know, you hear the stories of models working all the time. So I went to Wilhelmina. I snuck over there to that agent and said, hi, would you represent me? I'm not really working a lot. I'm with Eileen Ford. And she said, yes, I'll take you. And I said, I'm under contract. What are you going to do about that? She said, I'll take care of it. Well, I stayed with Wilhelmina from that time until the end of my career in the 90s. So that was from, I started with, whatever, I forgot, was it 80, 1979. I was in New York till 1990s, my career in New York. Los Angeles was 78. 
like nine months in 1978. So that's how I started that career. And while I was modeling during the day, had my son as well, because I went and brought him to New York and he grew up here. Uh, I went to school at night with Lee Strasberg. Have you ever heard of them, the Methods? Yes. Yes, I have. Um, yes. Okay. Wow. Okay. So I've studied many, many years until this day, uh, over 20 years as a method actor. So that's why I could do the acting or garner uh, guest star on any role that I did because I've been studying all along. And um, so that's the acting piece. It looks like, oh, she's so lucky. She's a model and an actor. No, I studied at night so I'd be prepared when the opportunities came. And so that's my um, door opener on how I got in, and I think that's a a long-winded intro on how I started, and I'm open to whatever you may want to know next. Yes. Okay. Now, someone sent a question in saying um, they wanted to know, what was was it like for you mentally having to go through all those wrangles? Did you get discouraged? I was motivated. There was a motivated, let me say this. It was, to me, I'm already, being in my hometown, right, the place you start, mm-hmm. I'm already here. I know what tomorrow brings. It brings more of what I, of the same here. It's going to be the same tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. What I don't know is if I try. And one of the things I never wanted to do is to be 100 years old and say, woulda, shoulda, coulda. If I tried and failed, fine. But if I never tried, then I didn't want to live like that. And I didn't want that for my son. I wanted a better exposure and future for him, too. Hopefully that answered the question. That was my mindset. That did. Um, now, my question that I have, uh, what, being in a new strange city, trying to find out the, I guess you could say, the protocol for what it is you were involved in, um, what was your way of prioritizing what you needed to do? How did you go about that? Because I know I would be scattered and all over the place, learning something new, someplace new. Oh, wow. Well, I'm just the opposite. So if I don't know my way around, why am I going to wander around, right? <laughs> don't. <Yes. laughs> I am in this city not knowing anything but this agent I read in the book, the couch I'm asleep on, and this paper, this girl said, call to get your bookings. So that was my focus. Thank you for the person letting me live in your house. I'm not going to take advantage. Of course, I'm going to wake up in the morning, call every number on this list. Would you take my picture? Would you take my picture? Would you take my picture? And I'm going from that location to the person who said yes immediately, and I'm going back to the safe haven of the couch. I'm not going to wander around because I don't know what will happen And I have a son that I'm trying to go and get and bring with me. So I'm not going to wander. Point A, B, C. That's me. Okay. Now, uh, I I used to be a fan of America's Next Top Model. And that show, it seemed that it gave like a glorified perspective of what modeling is like. Is that was that true? Is it weird? Is that what it's like, or it's more grittier? I mean, more involved in what they were doing. Okay, what she's done is she's eliminated the couch tour, right? She gives them a mm-hmm. place to stay, so that piece isn't there. They don't have to make phone calls for a photographer to take the picture. 
that part is there, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't have to try to crack a code. So what she's doing is the show is allowing them to build a portfolio, get exposure while they're building it, so whether they win or lose, they can be recognizable in any door they walk in. So they're a step up from who they were when they got to that show. Got mm-hmm. it? Yes. So yes. more doors are open to them than the person who never tried to get on that show, win, lose, or, or otherwise. So the part that is exactly like the industry is the photo shoot. Those girls show up from whatever world they're in, as you can see on that show. They put everything on them, color the hair, cut the hair, do what they want to the person, right? Because mm-hmm. you're the model. And they got to discover ultimately your category or whatever. That part is all true. The only job of the model is to learn how to move in the camera and look through that camera. So that all of the actual experience of the individual going through that top model process is true. The hard knock are cut out for them. Got it? Got it. They go directly into bookings, what a booking would be by, be, a, be, by, uh, be like. Okay, that's excellent. That's good to know. Now, if, okay, I'm trying to make sure that I ask this question properly. When you went from the transition of being uh, a model where you're usually still and um, not really speaking to being a an actor, what was that transition like for you or or was it just a simple just um moving from one thing to the next? Okay. Modeling is uh is silent acting to be able to express yourself with your mouth closed and learning the technique of being in a small space mm-hmm. and looking like you have room. It's it's quite a, uh, especially beauty shots, you know, headshots, cover shots. Mm-hmm. It's very, very small. So you learn to really occupy space in an efficient way, right? And Mm -hmm. so it's an incredible skill. And that gave me an edge going into film because you have have pieces of tape on the floor when you're acting and action. It looks like a person just walking or standing there, but that is preset, right? Mm -hmm. So as a model, you know, how already how you look. You're not going to be shocked when you see yourself talking or in film or whatever. The world finally gets to hear your voice, but you're not going to be shocked on that sort of thing. The vulnerability is is that you're sharing space and intimacies with another human being, right? Mm -hmm. And when you're doing acting, modeling, you're meeting that person that day, like you see on Next Top Model. Every day is a new booking like Next Top Model. As a model, it's five days of Next Top Model. Right, mm-hmm. as an actor, you're showing up after you do the auditions and get the role. And when you get there, you may be working. I've worked with Denzel Washington. I've worked with uh, the Miami Vice. You know, I've worked. It. So you get there, you may be having a love scene with this person. So technique is what got me through on that, and how I felt inside on the auditions and everything else. I felt vulnerable, nervous, but I had a technique. I knew what I was going to do. One, two, and three because I'm trained. So I did that instead of leaning on the approval of the casting director, the acceptance of the co-star. I knew my technique from studying. Mm -hmm. That's it. Okay. Now, making that transition from 
not modeling and not being, um, you know, in the public eye to where you are now, what was that like for you, stepping away from the camera? Yeah. <sighs> it was uh... – um, it was it was kind of scary because it felt like was I going was I spiraling back to what I came from because after I did my film a couple of films and stuff I actually uh, went back to Vegas for two years and I was like okay because my fantasy dream or whatever was to work and always move back to Las Vegas because it's like a secret hiding place you know people are on the strip but they don't realize the reality of people who are from there and live there so the extreme being in the camera, in front of the camera and in the light and being able to go home ultimately and hide out, you know, and do what I want to do, write books and stuff, is what I really want to do. So after a long run, right, and going back to Vegas uh, while the movie was out and things like that and I stayed for two years, I realized I no longer fit. So I couldn't relate. Others couldn't relate to me, you know, the perspective as far as just being normal and talking and, you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. I can't spend every day talking about modeling and acting. I'd like to have a friend who's normal, right? Mm-hmm. So it was very, very um, scary, vulnerable, and it's like a flashback, like, oh, this is what I worked so hard to get away from. So I ultimately came back to New York, which is where I am now. Okay. Interesting. That's really interesting because um, we had like um, uh, an Olympic athlete. Uh, well, we've had a few, but we had a retired Olympic athlete on the show, Peter Westbrook, and he talked about making that transition from being an athlete to being a normal person. And it was really difficult for him to make that transition because he had spent most of his life training and being, you know, prepared to perform. And then he went to corporate America and he just, he didn't fit in at all. That's it, it. You know, it sounds similar to what you're saying as well. Now mm-hmm. he created his own niche, niche. Um, he created a foundation where he teaches um, fencing and, um, and he also has an after school program that he runs in conjunction with the fencing program. What did you decide to do? What niche did you create for yourself? Well, it's two things. While I was in Vegas, someone sent me a, well, that'll be part two. Let me do part one. Being back in New York, the models in 2010, I think it was, started doing private reunions here in New York, so nobody knew about it. Oprah had a supermodel before her show, I think at the end of her show or whatever, when she still had a talk show. She had a supermodel uh, show, um, reunion. And we were doing them all across the country. So girls were in from Europe, and I went to that one. And uh, what I suggested when everybody was talking and playing catch-up, like the stories you're hearing, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, I said, why don't we open this up and wrap it around philanthropy and be a part of movements and different kind of, as as you see all the women's movements and stuff happening now, I foresaw that kind of then. And so that's where I founded Cover Girls for Change. And the first event we did in 2010 was Red Carpet Charity Event. It was uh, a model Reunion red carpet red carpet charity event for red light children, which is about human trafficking, you know mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So I founded Cover Girls for Change, and that's what my second portion was. That was that. Wow, and that's Excellent. what we do today. Mm-hmm. That is really really nice because you could have, I mean, you could have not have stayed in your industry. You could have just 
kind of, I guess, went off into the sunset and not be involved. And that's great. So, so Color Girls for Change, as you said, um, it brings together fashion models that are currently working as well as the ones who were um, fashion models before. And you you are involved in many different um, charitable organizations and how they work, and, and you have events for them. I, I just, you know, I'm not exactly sure. Can you explain it again? Because I just want to make sure I completely understand exactly what Cover Girls for Change does. Okay, Cover Girls for Change is the fashion community. It's about being conscious. These are the three taglines, community, consciousness, and contribution. And contribution can be our voice. Uh, it can be social change, social good, criminal justice, the voices, the women's movement, Me Too movement, Time's Up. We're available to be a part of all of those different movements, different campaigns and that sort of thing, and we do our own campaign. Does that make sense? Yes. So that's yes. Cover Girls for Change, and the, there's, you have to be a cover girl. You have to be recognizable. So mm-hmm. it's all the models from the 70s until today, and that's Cover Girls for Change. It's a movement, not a moment like a magazine that you cherish and tuck away. Ultimately, we'll roll out a website, and it'll be an interactive website. It'll have a models museum. You can click the model's face, see their story. You can book a master class with the models, like how we're doing this podcast. You may Mm -hmm. want to book a master class with your favorite uh, mentor. Also, greetings. We're hoping to do that, where you can click your models and request that they record a birthday greeting, anniversary greeting, whatever, for anyone that you love. And so that's what we are all about, really, really um, maximizing that platform to be a part of the global conversation of change, social change. Did that answer your question? Yes, it does answer, and I completely understand um, what Cup of Girls for Change is about. Now, why didn't you just decide to go get a regular job? Well, I understand the whole thing on a regular job is it'll eat your life up. You have one life and only so much time, right? And so it's really (laughs) interesting, right? And so how do you survive? How do you survive from these big gaps, from aging out in a career? Every industry ages out, rap, music, acting, modeling. How do you do this? And what if you didn't make enough money to, to leverage the rest of your life during that age out, right? Mm-hmm. Interesting, while I was in Vegas, I was going to bring it up before, but I'm glad I'm bringing it up after being clarifying cover girls for change. Someone sent me a sample from a network marketing multi-level company called Arbon. It was a skincare, and it was the most incredible product I have ever used throughout my entire career, and I shared it with people in the industry. And even my booker from Wilhelmina, who I told you I'm with, she even does Arbonne and has uh, the product as well and makeup artists and all this other stuff. Uh, Kanye West and uh, Kim, they used this, this product at the wedding that they had. And, so it's, and it's Arbonne. So what I did is I signed up as a regular consultant, learned like all the other multi-level consultants, and built since the 90s, I built an Arbonne business. That generates residual income like my commercials do, right, or like my movies. Mm-hmm. Residual income means that every time you see an uh, actor on TV 
or in a commercial, every time that commercial runs, you get paid over and over and over again. I did the Palmer's Cocoa Butter ad. I was paid 15 years. So the beauty about the company, the business aspect of that incredible skincare line, and now they have over 400 products, um, is the fact that you can have your own business. They have a training that's plug and play. So you get to generate full-time income or the kind of income models and actors make on working part-time on the phone virtually. It's the same as the social networks and Instagram and all of that. It's all done virtually like this podcast. So I have a global business, and I have my time. It's done around what I do, not me checking my time and adjusting my life for a business, I mean for a job. <laughs> so the company's called Arbonne, and I'm expanding now, and I'm open to mentor and train people to be a part of my team. I'll show you exactly, and you'll match what you want. Some people just want to go get some shoes or extra money. I can show you how to do that. Other people like, I want really big money, I want the red-bottom shoes, and I want a different lifestyle, or I want to leave my job. Whatever your dream is to get you from where you are to where you want to go, buy a house, buy a car, whatever, this isn't a vehicle that is for everybody. You don't have to be a model. You don't have to be an actor. You don't have to be skinny. You don't have to be fat. You can be whatever you want, whoever you are. It's a vehicle to get you there, and I can help you do that. So that was the one asset I built to add to my residual portfolio from my acting world. Oh, great. Now, with Airbon, I know that there are a lot of people who are kind of gun-shy to, to those kinds of uh, companies. Um, is that, um, is that an, MLM, uh, an MLM, a multi-level marketing company? Yes, it's a network marketing, multi-level, direct sales marketing, whatever one of those three you want to do. Mm-hmm. And the good news is, is even if you're gun-shy, that's what it's set up for. For me and the company I'm with, we take you by the hand and we help build your business. You have a business that's running for you. If you're interested in that sort of thing, we hold your hand for 90 days and you have us for life. You have a lifetime mentor mm-hmm. for your okay. business. Oh, yeah. You know, I've, well, we've had the conversation and we've just, you know, talked about it. It's just, I've heard a lot of people say that it's not really for me. I don't have the temperament, but you're saying that you would, you and your team would guide the individual through that process and shake them out of their, I guess you could say shyness to allow them to be as successful as they want to be. I personally will do it, not my team. They'll be with me personally. I'll personally Mm -hmm. teach and train them. And it's normal. It's normal even for me. I was like, I don't know how to do this, right? How do I know how to do it? I don't know either. But I understand learning something new, and this is how it goes. I was just excited that everybody could do it. So even if a person is at home, they're scared to go on job interviews, their first one, they go. Ultimately, they're going to go on a job interview, right? You're going to have to do something. So one this. If you've got a job, you're already set. And if you're in the life you're in, great, you're already set. Why don't you also add this or give yourself the opportunity to try? That's Mm -hmm. all. Okay, that's great. That is excellent. Now, how can people um, get involved and where do they go and what do they do? Okay. If anyone is interested in, attending CoverGirls for Change events, 
you're welcome to email me, and I'll give you the email. And if you're interested in the botanicals, botanical skincare, you guys, let me tell you about this product. I have to just take a second. Do like an infomercial. Okay. You guys, all right, let me just say this to you. The skincare is famous. There's a reason that Kim used it at the wedding with Kanye. This skincare, that's why I was blown away, when you use it even once, you get the J-Lo glow, the Rihanna glow, and that glow on your skin where it looks like baby brand new skin. This is what this product does. It's made from herbs and botanicals. It's got nutrition and shakes that, that you can turn into lattes instead of that nasty, you know, shakes that are grainy and stuff. Mm-hmm. The product is like going to the shakes and stuff are like going to a French bakery. You can actually take your shake powder and make ice cream, muffins, candy, all kind of stuff. That's how incredible these products are. They started in Europe and Switzerland. So now that's the quality of the product. The beauty of the business, and I'll give you the email at the end, is that you already spend money at the store. You get to redirect the money you're already spending in your own store, your own beauty boutique, and get paid for doing it. So to reach me about the skincare business, or attending CoverGirls for Change, sponsorships, we're open for that as well, is, and here's my email, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll give you the name and then I'll spell it. It's Maria Sop at Yahoo. That means Maria's, with an S, opportunity at Yahoo. I'll spell it. M-A-R-I-A, S is in Sam, O-P-P, like Paul, at yahoo.com. Maria's op at yahoo.com. Send me an email, and in the subject line, you can put um, uh, Maria McDonald. Just put that in the subject line, and then I'll take a look at it, and I'll know what you want to know more about. Please include your phone number, and who knows, we can set up a time to talk. I can answer any questions and see if, if this is a fit for you. That's Excellent. It. That is great. That is great. Um, I, I, I'm so excited, and I'm really glad that you shared all this information so that people could really understand that their life doesn't have to be in that box, that they can break out of the box and do other things. Or if they want to stay in the box, they can have other things happening outside the box for them. Mm-hmm. And that exactly. is so good to know. And you know, to hear that um, from from you means a lot more than you know just the person sitting in the cubicle next to you telling you, because mm-hmm. you've had such an amazing life. You traveled the world, and you're saying that you know here's an opportunity for you to be able to change your life. And I think mm-hmm. that's so important. One of the things that I like to do with my guests on the show is I like to ask them, you know. Two questions, really three. The first question is, what would the Maria today tell the Maria, um, the younger Maria, if she had a chance to? Mm-hmm. What would I tell her? Um, I would say, it's okay. You're not alone. You're not alone. That's it. Wow. And the second question is, um, for all the the young girls out there, as well as, um, you know, women in general of any age who 
are just out there trying to find themselves and figure out their direction, what advice would you give them? They already know the answer. Fear is what's stopping them from from accepting it or hearing it, you know. T.D. Jakes always deals with these issues. But it's your desire. It's no one's desire but yours. You know your favorite color. You know your favorite shoe. You know what it is. You know who you are, what you are, what you like. And so that is something no one can take from you. You can only scare yourself and not go after what it is you want or just do parts of what you want. Those things are clues to who you are. So there's no way in missing it. It's just a matter of putting the action to your dream, to who you are. In other words, shoes, color, whatever it is that you love is who you are, music, fashion. Those things are really heavy clues on who you are and your destiny. That's the answer. Oh, wow. Wow, wow. And the third question, if you could have a tagline attached to your name, what would it be? Attached to Maria McDonald? Mm-hmm. Okay, unstoppable. Maria McDonald, unstoppable. Nice. I like that. That's really great. Now, I have to tell you, I've had an amazing time with you. I've learned so much. I mean, you have accomplished so much, and you still have so much more time to accomplish so much more. And the fact that you took the time out to come join us and to share your journey and give us really valuable nuggets of information that will help us make a transition in our own lives is just such an honor. And I have to thank you a million times, <laughs> over and over oh, again. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having me. This has been incredible. And hopefully I'm, I, I'm able to reach someone out there and <clears throat> help them get on the track for their dreams. And like I said, you know, email me, put Maria McDonald in the subject line, and then we'll see what the next steps are. So don't be oh, scared. Great. Email me. It's going to be simple and easy. That's all. Thank you so much, too, for having me. Oh, it was a pleasure. So you have a wonderful evening, and we'll talk again really soon. Okay, great. Bye, everybody. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, everyone, that was the amazing Maria McDonald. And I have to tell you, you know, having someone of her statue on the show is is important because she's taking the time out to share her story and her journey to let us know that we too have the abilities and capabilities. The last statement that she made was that it's fear that keeps us from doing what it is we really want to do in our heart of hearts. And we can't let that fear dictate who we will be or what we will become. We have to step out. We have to step out in faith and just do, knowing that we have all the answers. We know what we like and what we don't like. So why sit there and accept those things? Just go out, do the things that you want to do. As I always say, follow your destiny, follow your dreams, go for them, go after them. Don't try to follow somebody else's because their path in this life is different from yours. They have a different um Directive. They have a different meaning to their life, and they have something different that they're going to bring to the world than you do. And also, in doing that, please take good care of yourselves, because if you don't take good care of yourself, you won't be of value or up to anyone, even yourself. So 
I'm going to go on that note and please join me. I'll rebroadcast the show again on Saturday and then we'll have some new guests on the show after that because I think this is an important show and I had an amazing time and I would like to thank her a million times over for coming on and joining us and sharing her story. So please have a good night and I'll be back at you again soon. Be well. Thank you. God bless. Thanks for tuning in. For more content, visit us at thecocoexpressshow.com 